Welcome to the Antler Archives, brought to you by White Rock Performance Gear. Quality, performance, and style. Hoodle Lifestyle. Hunt harder, go further, stay longer. Wapiti River Outdoors. Share our passion. And Cliff Creek Coffee. Built for the trail. Everybody, welcome back to episode 20 of the Antler Archives. Craig's sitting here with Brian. Uh, Dylan has gone MIA for the night doing Dylan stuff. We're not really sure. Um, this is kind of a bigger episode for us. Like, we've made it 20 episodes, and our episode listeners are climbing. The numbers are going up, so that's kind of nice to see. Um, but, I mean, it's it's been almost a year. For us to get to 20, we've had ups and downs and bumps and bruises, but there's going to be some interesting stuff near the end of this episode. So hopefully if you're listening to it, you hang out till the very end because you're probably going to want to. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And I don't know if uh, everybody follows our social media, but they kind of have a heads up of what's going on. But uh, definitely something cool gonna be announced so stay tuned for sure we might be boring but you're gonna want to listen to this one till the end (laughs) (laughs) yeah brian man how's your season going so far it's been a while since we've actually uh talked talked verbally instead of just off text message uh for lack of better words terrible (laughs) um it's it's been a blast but as far as squeezing the trigger, um, a very much a lack of squeezing the trigger this year. Um, it's been awesome. I've had some cool encounters. I mean, right from the beginning, me and Dylan sheep hunting uh, got on elk on a big bull elk just couldn't quite seal the deal now kind of moved on to whitetail and it's just gone downhill from there i had three shooter bucks come the beginning of the year now i couldn't tell you where any of those three deer are at unfortunately (laughs) so that's kind of how it's gone shot a few coyotes uh, shot a few geese, but that's been my season. <laughs> what do you think the, well, obvi- obviously the cause of whitetail is just seasonal, but what do you think the main cause of all of them just up and disappearing is? I know, I know, I know what, where my deer go in between August, September, October, them disappearing isn't a new thing. So, but what, what's it like over where you are? Well, that's, see, that's, we've lived here, oh, five, six years. Yeah. And that's, I can, lots and lots and lots of pictures during the summer. Pictures in the summer, no problem. Big deer in the summer, no problem. But there's just so much small pockets of private ground. Yeah. I, Honestly, I think that they go to those smaller pockets of private ground and they hang out. Um, 
and to get permission on a lot of those pieces is next to impossible. Um, but that's my theory because I've checked every piece of property that I can gain access to and crown land. I've, I run 20 plus cameras. I couldn't oh. the exact number, but 20 plus cameras and two and a half year old deer. I could shoot all day long, every day, just about the age class and the maturity that I'm looking for. Like I said, I'm, I think that they just go to a few, few pieces that I cannot get access to. Yeah. And right after they shed velvet, I have seen them coming and going from some of those pieces. So I'm pretty sure I know where they're at. It's just a matter of catching them off of there is the hard part. What's your, what's your rut plan? Like, um, I'm going to sit a few cut lines that kind of intercept in between a couple of those pieces, hoping that I can catch one traveling off of one piece of private ground onto the next. Um, and I'm going to hunt my in-laws a little bit. They've got a quarter section and this piece of property holds, well, I say it holds, it doesn't really hold a lot of deer, but it is an amazing food source for deer. So deer travel there. It doesn't have a whole lot of bush on it. It's probably only got uh, 10, 12 acres of bush. Oh, wow. But the food is there. So yep. you get a lot of deer from neighboring neighboring properties that come there uh, to feed in the morning and in the evening. And, uh, yeah, it it produces... So you're thinking and hoping that things are going to pick up and turn around by mid-November? Well, that's what I'm hoping. Like I said, there, it's not uncommon to see 50 deer a night. Sitting in this. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, so it always attracts, you know, with that number of deer, it always attracts a few big mature deer a year. So sure. that's kind of my my plan. I think on days that I can get away from the house and go sit all day, I'll probably go and sit there and days where I can hunt the morning or the evening or don't, don't have as much time. I'll probably sit around here and sit on some of those cut lines and yeah, see if I can't catch them crossing back and forth. So, so are you, are you going to spend most of your November rifle hunting or bow hunting? Uh, probably rifle hunting. Yeah. With, just, uh, just to get it done. Just to get it done. Like I said, I, if, if I get a shot at a deer, um, it's probably going to be a further shot with my in-laws with the small amount of bush there is. It's hard to bow hunt them because oh, yeah. you're, 
you're setting up on top of them if they are in the little bit of bush that they have. Yeah. And a lot of times they come from across the field. So then where you're set up bow hunting, you're out of range anyways. You're looking at probably 100, 150 yard shots. So, right. Um, and then around here, honestly, not knowing exactly where they're going to be traveling through at, I'll, I'll probably pick up the rifle and hope that I can get a poke at one. Right. Fingers crossed, man. Season's still youngish. You got That's time. It. That's right. We're not giving up yet. <clears throat> it's Good. been a tough year, man. Work has just been slammed and the kids with the kids and two two kids the first time I've endured hunting season with two kids and uh yeah. work, like I said, man, work has just been slammed. So it's uh it's been a interesting year for sure. Man, between between work and kids adding an extra kid changes the game oh it does yeah it does for sure going from uh one one daughter last year to two this year it just like you you wouldn't think that much would change oh it's one extra kid you got to do the same thing for both of them but it does but now there's two of them more time try having five oh no no thanks no i hear you (laughs) Uh, well good I'm, I'm glad you're getting out there still even though uh moose and elk kind of flopped yeah moose moose i didn't have a tag but i uh, went up with dylan a couple times and yeah uh we didn't do any good other than a few chickens but hey that's all right yep um how about you you filled your white tail you still have a moose tag i still got my muley tag which uh trying to find muley around me is like pulling teeth out of a chicken um i still got my strathcona white tail tag which i have a buck lined up for it i just gotta find time to actually make it happen and it's probably going to be during the rut yeah. so i yeah and i and I, I do still have my moose draw i found a moose in the spot I've been bow hunting in <laughs> in the bow zone for the last four years. And I've never seen a bull moose in there until last night. Huh. And obviously I can't go in there because my draw is for somewhere else. So that's a kick in the ass. Um, we did spend a day here uh, about a week, week and a half ago. I think chasing moose in a gorgeous piece of country. But it was one of those pieces where, unless you're on a ridge top, a ridge top looking down along the creek bed, uh, you got like a ten foot visibility. So huh. it was challenging. It was interesting to see the new land, but at the same time, the bull I was after is like a ghost bull. Although all the farmers see them when you don't have a weapon in your hand, and when you do. <laughs> He's not there. So the intel huh. on him is pretty good. He's about 60 inches. So oh, yeah. nice if, if, if I was to make it happen, I'd be very happy. But the amount of time that it might take to get a bull like that down around here, 
I don't know if I have the time to commit to that this year, which yeah. sucks because I've been waiting on this tag for six years. Oh, yeah, that's a hard one to eat for sure. Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. it really is. So your rifle season opens up November 1st. Are you going to pull out the rifle and try and get it done or are you going to stick to the bow? If I had the option, I would probably look at the rifle, but I'm uh, rifleless, actually, to be honest with you. So I am bow until the bitter end unless someone says, hey, here's a rifle. I had I had I had a bunch of guns and then you know kids kids happened and all that and I sold ninety percent of them. I got uh, I got a couple farm guns that I don't really care where they shoot as long as they go that way. Yeah, but as far as actual hunting rifles, no, they're I'm I'm just down to the bow now, man. I'm one yeah. of those guys. You're one of those guys. There's yeah. nothing wrong with being one of those guys. I wish I nope. was good enough to be one of those guys <laughs> yeah i i just you know i can't gather up the money to go and buy another gun for yeah. the amount i don't use them yeah i can't justify it right like i'll probably i got my two supplemental whitetail doe tags i'll probably fill them and if i get another buck or my bull before I'm going to donate them to the Edmonton food bank this year, I think. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good thing. That's a thing. A lot of people don't think about and honestly, including myself, because that's, uh, like I said, out at my in-laws, <clears throat> the amount of deer that you see, I think that it's a piece of property that you could thin out a few does and yeah. it would not matter at all. It might actually yeah. help the population. But uh, probably wouldn't even notice the dent. No, I don't think you would. I don't yeah. think you would. Yeah. But uh, that's with me. We don't really need the meat this year. So yeah. it was kind of up in the air whether I was going to do it or not. But yeah, that's that's definitely something to think about. A guy could donate them. It was it was on my mind last year, and uh, because I I filled four out of six tags last year. And I ended up keeping everything, but there's a few butcher shops in and around Edmonton that as long as you take them the entire carcass, yeah, they'll take it. Huh. And they'll they'll skin it right then and there, but everything has to be intact. Huh. Which is which is nice because I like hunting and I like meat. And if I can help people out that need it, why not? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure, because that's like, like I said, there, <clears throat> the population might even benefit from a few does being taken out. But it's one of those you don't want to see it go to waste or to sit in your freezer and get freezer burnt or. Yeah. But yeah, that's a a good alternative. For sure. One, it's one of the things not many people think about. That's definitely for sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So, what's your strategy going into oh late season moose? We'll say the rut's pretty well over. I know Dylan had a few uh, grunting last week. 
I don't know. <laughs> I uh, that bull that I finally got on camera last night, he's hot after a cow and followed him, followed her around on that camera for about forty-five minutes in circles. Huh. So I guess in parts the rut's still on, but by the time I actually get out there, which is mid-November, the rut's definitely going to be over. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you, man. I know, I know there's three or four bulls up around my place, so it might be a just go out for a walk and see what I can do. Yeah. But definitely not... Uh, I definitely don't have them pinned to the point where I can be comfortable setting up a tree stand and expect them to come by. Well, that's, I think moose travel so much ground that it's, it's hard to tree stand on them. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. You can try and try and grunt them in during the rut, but yeah, before the rut and after the rut, it's tough. It's funny that you, uh, that you said you had that one, following the cow there because yeah whenever i went up with dylan we were uh opening week of rifle season we were just i think it was like the 20 rifle season would open up the 24th i think it was the 26th or 27th i went up and i'm telling you we could not buy a grunt it didn't really what we did we could not buy a grunt. This and, uh, this bull on the video I got last night was so into her, he was drooling. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. But then, yeah, it would be awesome if I could go down there and shoot him, but I can't. <laughs> uh, but then last week, I know I was talking to Dylan, and he said one morning he had two bulls going in one meadow. And... Uh, then the wind switched on them, so they took off. But oh, it uh, yeah, it's just it's interesting. It seems to be a bit late for whatever reason. But I've but, I've seen it early October. I've seen it mid October. This late, I mean, there's the odd bull. I've seen the odd bull around Halloween. That's still going, but. At that point, it's few and far between, and the last guy takes the cake kind of thing. Yeah. Because even yeah, even that bull I'm after, he's old, and he was still flying solo when I was after him because he was seen the day before I went out there. Huh. So a big, a big bull like that by himself this late in the game, I don't know. Well, I don't know what to make of it. In the end, I don't really have a strategy of uh, what I'm going to do here come November. Because even even November, man, even if I do see a moose with my bow, I got to close the gap. I can't bring them to me. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, there's no there's no calling them in, grunting them in. No. At that point, it's. It's strategizing to get close enough to get the shot with a bow. Pretty much. I don't, um, I usually have a plan, Brian, and I don't. <laughs> well, don't feel bad. That's uh, exactly how I feel with Whitetail. I usually have a plan, but uh, this year, this year, I don't. 
this year. I don't. We we were talking um, about sharing secrets and tips. Like I said, all you got to do is bring a three year old with you. <laughs> bring bring the biggest handicap possible out into the woods. We would like to take this moment to thank one of our many great sponsors, White Rock Performance Gear. Whether you are hunting, fishing, or just enjoying the outdoors, they have you covered. White Rock offers tumblers for your morning coffee and jugs from 64 ounces all the way to 136 ounces. Not to mention their hard coolers. With a wide variety of sizes and colors, you will find the right size and style to fit your needs. I can personally tell you White Rock Performance Gear will keep your coffee hotter for longer in the mornings and your beer ice cold for in the evenings. Check out their complete lineup on all social media platforms and at whiterockpg.com. White Rock Performance Gear. Built tough, priced right, ready when you are. (laughs) Well... We did go out the other night just for a little a little drive. Um, yeah. Whenever I was up moose hunting with Dylan, I blew an axle on the side-by-side, so I had ordered one, and it finally came in, so I put the new axle in, and uh, she was helping me. Hannah was helping me put the axle in, and yeah. we got done, and I said, you want to go for a ride? Yep, let's go look for deers, Dad. So, okay, let's go. So we went for a little ride, but the side-by-side might even be a bigger handicap than she is cruising around the least. Probably. <laughs> Probably. You know, I I think we talked about this in, in August or maybe even September when we're like, when I, when I was all up in arms about God forbid if I can't find a deer and then magic happened. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's uh, maybe early isn't your time this year. Maybe not. It usually isn't, honestly. Um, not very often do I shoot a deer early. It's usually mid-November, and the in the crunch time is whenever I seem to get it done. Usually, yeah. knock on wood. But uh, yeah, I just most years I can still find them like i said i mean during the summertime it's easy you find the food source you find the deer yeah um but then most years i can still find them on the crown land or traveling to the crown land but this year it just seems like the travel patterns that they usually use to go to the crown land aren't there so i'm not it's got me stumped to say the least you think it has anything to do with weather uh it very well could this year being warmer than most i mean most of the years this time we've at least had a snowfall yeah if not snow sticking by now but this year we've I've I've maybe seen a few flurries, but we sure. haven't, we haven't had the cold weather. 
And it very well could be. It could be that the cold weather or that we haven't had the cold weather, so they're just not moving as much. But I I think I was saying it in in the last one. It's between weather, barometric pressure, food sources, water sources. I mean, there's so many variables that even even guys that I know are like whitetail maniacs are confused. Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna say that I'm a whitetail brainiac, but I know a, a thing or two and even in my spots it's been this I I had five shooters in one spot come, you know, like uh, end of September. I haven't seen any of them for two weeks. Like they're just, they're flat out gone. I have an idea where they are, but just like you trying to get permission in there, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Yep. No, no. Luckily they're, uh, the spot I got in Strathcona is private and it's an old family friends and the deer haven't really moved too far. If they have, they've moved kind of half a quarter away the bed they changed their bedding they didn't change their feed so they're still there i mean they're nothing nothing fancy like the uh the 170 i was watching earlier this summer but they're uh they're deer they're deer and that's i i hate to say it but that's kind of the point that i'm at is like i said the three that I kind of had targeted earlier this year, I would say the smallest one was, oh, toting that 160 line, but uh, where they went to, I don't know. And there's there's a few that are starting to look pretty darn good, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the... Uh... It's like me after the first two hours of sitting in a tree stand on opening day. That dough's looking pretty good already. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you got plans. You need to figure shit out. I got to figure shit out. I don't know what Dylan's doing. He's changing a tree stand every other day. Oh, I know. That, that guy, hey, he's... Uh, uh, I don't know how he acquired so many tree stands, to be honest with you, but yeah. It's a good thing because he keeps texting me. I think I might put a tree stand over here. I think I might put a tree stand there. I think he's putting stands up, thinking about it, taking them down. I'm moving them <laughs> to different spots. Because <laughs> the last time I talked to him, he only had three or four, maybe four. No, he's got a few more. He's uh, Does he, he know? One whenever he was moving. Yeah. And... Uh, his grandpa gave him one, a double stand, oh. a double man stand. His grandpa gave him that, and uh, then he bought a new one. So he's he's got acquired three new stands within the last two weeks. Hey, numbers help. Well, I'm I'm a little bit jealous, to be honest with you. I wish I had three new stands and with me too. Put up. But... I I got four up right now and three in the shed, and I. I, I think I might got five, six days left to hunt for the season, May, maybe seven, but I'm not going out setting up stands now. I'm hunting the ones no. I got, and that's that's it. Yeah. 
Yep. No, I'm in the same boat as you. And honestly, like right now, to go in and set up a stand, you'd almost have to do like a hang and bang yep. type setup, I think. Well, especially when you're talking about time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like setting up stands, scouting cameras, that's a day on its own. You might as well hunt that day. Yeah. And that's, I think, the the one setup Dylan bought, that's what he's going to use it for. It's uh, the hawk stand he got. The hawk stand, yeah. It's a lighter yeah. setup, I think, that he, he has intent of, of using it for a, a hang and bang or whatever you want to call it, hang and hunt setup style. If, if, if you can get away, I've tried it before, man. And that was back when tree stands weren't six pounds. They're like 15, 20. And trying to pack stands and pegs and all that shit into the bush, hang it quietly in the dark and then hunt yeah. it. By the time you're done, for me anyway, I'm, I'm a bigger dude. I'm soaked by the time I'm done. And five minutes into that tree stand, I'm frozen. You're frozen. Yeah. I uh, I know you're not a big fan of them, but I use a climbing stand a lot. I uh, grew up with them. I I like them as long as you have the right setup. Uh, I just don't I just don't like them, Brian, because I'm scared of heights. Oh well, yeah. The one like one thing I have found is I grew up in the Midwest, and. Uh, Honestly, all through hunting season, nothing ever really froze. Um, up here, the one thing that I don't like about them, it seems like you get into that November, mid-November, and the trees freeze, and they yeah. get hard, and they don't bite in, and they yeah. get a little bit sketchy. Yeah. But as long as you can get it to bite in, I don't. they don't bother me. I don't have a problem with them. Yeah, see, I'd I'd uh, probably pack more underwear than heat packs <laughs> if if I was running a climber in November. Yeah, I've I've definitely. Uh, I mean, I I always wear my vest and stuff, my my yeah. harness vest, but I've definitely put myself in a few situations that I probably shouldn't have with it, but. Well, that's no that's no different than any any tree stand. Well, that's true. And right, like I I've been in some pretty sketchy scenarios with a peg. And uh you know, when when it's dark and you're trying to, to do a hanging hunt in the dark, hanging on to the tree, trying to get your rope around it without being able to see anything. Yeah. It's been um adventurous. See, growing up before I started hunting, uh, my dad had an accident with the screw-in pegs, and it was, they were a little bit different style. They flipped up. You could they, you could screw them in, but then you could flip them up tight to the tree. Okay, and, yep. Uh, he had one giveaway on him. So growing up, we were never, ever, ever allowed to use those screw-in pegs. That was the last time he ever used one. He uh, had shot a deer and was climbing down, and one of those pegs gave away. It folded the opposite direction, 
and slid down and he fell, I think about 12 feet out of the tree, dislocated his shoulder. Brutal. Um, but, uh, yeah, growing up, we were not allowed to use them because of that. And I, to this day, I don't use them. Like I, I might use one for like a hanger, like a bow hanger, yeah. gun hanger. Yeah. Like I don't use the screw in steps. I don't know if it's just something, like I said, we uh, grew up not using them, so I've never used them. I'd, I'd love to get into using uh, the hang-on ladders, but, you know, when when you talk about expenses, is yeah. it a $5 peg times, I don't know, however many you need, or is it a $170 set of ladder sticks? Ladder, yeah. So I'm, yep. I'm pretty cheap. So I'll, I, I friggin' went, uh, eight inch tractor bolts. Oh yeah. About, about three years ago when I was, I was pre-drilling them into the tree and banging them in, in the rest of the way. I mean, it's obviously not optimum for a hanging hunt cause it's not quiet, but yeah, they're not coming out. So I'll tell you something that I've seen this year. Um, you want to talk about dedication. I was walking through the bush elk hunting and ran across this tree stand and uh, somebody had pounded in railroad spikes. Holy shit. Yeah, that takes a lot of work. And I'm not talking one or two, like his whole ladder setup was built with railroad spikes. Those aren't easy to pound into pre-drilled railroad ties. No, no, let alone, let, let alone vertical. Yeah, exactly. Good Lord. <laughs> the guy didn't want his pegs to come out. Uh, I don't think they were coming out. No, they're part of the tree now. Yeah. Well, you, even those tractor bolts I punched in three years ago, they're still there. They're still strong. I seen that tree last summer and I was like, I don't know if these are still strong. And I climbed all the way to the top. Huh. I believe they're, they're in four inches. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Huh. Well, interesting. Should we, uh, probably about that time. Do you want to tell people what they want to hear? What do they want to hear? I don't know. Depends on uh, who's still listening. Hopefully everybody's still listening. But <laughs> uh, So episode 20, this is a bit of a teaser. We announced a giveaway here, well, I don't know, Wednesday of this week, whatever day that was, 26 maybe. Um, for Boxing Day, the uh, we're doing a big giveaway. So starting December 1st, the giveaway will go from December 1st all the way to the 26th. Information, rules, all that other stuff will come up as time comes on, probably on that date. But, Brian, who we got so far? So, so far we have all of our awesome sponsors, uh, Hudo Lifestyle. White Rock Performance Gear, Cliff Creek Coffee, um, and Antler Archive is also going to be donating some swag. We also have Buck Yeah Deer Lures and uh, Boreal Pursuit as of now. 
in the giveaway. There should be more to announce kind of as we go. We're just waiting to hear back from a few people, but um, confident that we're going to have a few more. Uh, but yeah, there's already some awesome prizes in there. Uh, I've, I've, see, I've seen a few of them and they're pretty sweet. And unfortunately, we can't enter the draw because I would definitely jump into some of these. Oh, I, I would too, yeah. And that's, I was talking to uh, the fellas at Hudo and uh, they didn't say for sure what they were going to send. I should know in a few days, like within the next week, what is going to be in there. But uh, he he said we wouldn't be disappointed. So Wicked. Yeah. There's... And all that stuff's coming to my house first, so I get first dibs. <laughs> That's it. You get to pick through everything, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, with with all that information, stay stay tuned. We'll give. Uh, I think I'm thinking maybe two more hints about what's coming and what to do here uh, over the next month up until December first, and then once we go live, we go live. Yeah. Wh- whoever whoever wins this stuff is gonna be pretty happy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, December 1st will be the starting date from now until December. We're just kind of going to be advertising it. Uh, December 1st will be the live, the day that it goes live that everybody can get entered in from December 1st until the 25th. Then the draw will be on the 26th. So Totally. There's there's gonna be lots of good gear, that's for sure. It's it's gonna be awesome. Like White White Rock donated uh a uh oh what do they call those things? A Yeti coffee, coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. Don't yeah. call them Yetis, it's not the well, company. Oh, it's it's White Rock. They're better yeah, than Im- immigrant thing, I know. Immigrant thing. Yeah. That's uh like the first time, first couple times I used my white rock mug and I put the lid on it a couple hours later, I would take a drink of it and it was still hot. My wife actually said, she said, you know, I really like that mug. She said, but it almost keeps it too hot for me. <laughs> I agree. I, I take coffee to work with me and I got an hour drive. And by the time I take the lid off, so it cools, I don't like hot, hot, hot coffee. And uh, I like it when it's like semi-warm, but still kind of hot. I take the lid off and I let it air out the entire drive and I still can't drink it by the time I get to work. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're well made. That's for sure. 100%. Yeah. I, I, I've i got, oh man, I think I have every color that they have and I won't use another mug after everything I've put these things through. Yep. Well, sir, we will uh, close off episode 20. We'll leave you guys with that for now and jump back in to episode 21 another two weeks from now. And you'll start getting some information as to how to win all the stuff. That's right. And uh, maybe as we go, we'll uh, do kind of a teaser every episode of something that's going to be in the draw 
Yeah. I think that's a good way to do it. You betcha. For now, that is the Antler Archives. Signing off. We'll see you on the next one. See you later, guys.